How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Atlas VPN, and we're going to start today's episode off with some decent news, if you'd like to call it that. I guess it's more of an opinion than news, but it's interesting to stay the least. The head of the intelligence center of the Estonian Defense Forces, he actually believes that hostilities inside of Ukraine are going to end in the next seven Two nine weeks. He said it's also dependent on weather. We know that the cold is coming. The winter is coming over there in Ukraine. He says this is going to end all the hostile activities. And then from then on, they're going to be dealing with a static warfare. Okay. Because the same type of thing they seem to deny over the last eight years or so. Uh, it's kind of reassuring that someone that is in the intelligence agency is seeing the same thing that I am seeing as well. I'm only privy to so much information clearly. But uh, the writing is on the wall. Even more so what is going on currently in the southern portion of the country, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. The Russians down in the southern region of the country, uh, they're, they're having to deal with, uh, it's curious that is, they're having to rely solely on stockpiles of supplies. That's, that's literally being hit every single day. And this is not something they can maintain throughout the winter or even short term. And when I mean hitting them every single day, I have seen so many videos over the last two days of just high Mars driving around, not even like camouflage, not, not anything. They're just driving around. They know they're not going to be hit. Like what world do we live in now? Uh, this is insane, by the way, that I'm able to find satellite imagery of the area inside of Kirsten where I can physically see military ferries moving in and out of the area of Nova Kokosha. Like I can literally see them. Like the imagery you guys are seeing right now uh, is a pontoons themselves and small boats that have been shuffling men and supplies back and forth. And this is not even 24 hours old. Imagine what they are seeing real time. If I'm able to find this, like me as a random civilian sitting in the United States, I can see where the Russian positions are. I can even see them down in the Kirsten airport for God's sakes. Like we, you could see them. It, it, it's crazy. Like, this is one of the key factors why they're going to be successful at cutting off all the supply routes in and, in and out of Kyrgyzstan and in the southern region of the country. And that's really their entire goal. Now, the Kremlin is also having to resort to restarting the production. This is what they're trying to do of its older fighting vehicles to replace the, uh, the massive amount of armor they've lost inside of Ukraine. This is according to an interview that was posted on Russia's Taz state news agency. The Kremlin is actually asking the, the tank manufacturers to resume production of the earlier, earlier generations of their BMP-2s, which is a lightly armored vehicle variant that started in the 1980s. Now, the, the Kremlin apparently is requesting to resume these production. Uh, it's going, it, this is kind of goofy. Uh, they're doing this to try to avoid increased costs and logisticals uh, issues that they would have to like train their men to on the BMP-3s because a lot of them are trained on BMP-2s. You know, like this is the older stuff. And what was funny, really funny about the situation is the fact that Kremlin is wanting to start up the production of these older models. And now the manufacturer is saying it's going to be more expensive to turn the clock and retool all this stuff. And they want to work a deal to where they're just manufacturing the new generations. Now, something tells me that the company or the group, whoever's manufacturing these things, are going to be kind of like... I don't know. I'm going to say that it's not really going to be the choice. They're going to be told what they're going to do. And this is also some odd timing by the Kremlin spokesperson, Peskov. He actually went out and said that Russia is now willing to negotiate. Yes, they're willing to negotiate, apparently, with Ukraine on Russia's conditions on how they're going to be met, which is somewhat funny if you think about it, because the timing of this is all almost like honestly laughable. And I'm sure it made Zelensky chuckle just a tad bit because he can see more than anyone what is happening in the southern portion of the country right now. And I mean, Russia claiming that they're already ready to apparently uh, see if Ukraine wants to meet its conditions that set forth by the Kremlin, which means they want to surrender Kiev, which is ironic 
because the Russians couldn't even reach the city. <laughs> it's funny, like, like me saying that a lot of it's really kind of laughable <laughs> because they couldn't even reach it. And now they want, they're like, all right, so you guys ready to talk? You guys, we're, we're getting our teeth kicked in the South. You guys ready to talk? You, you're ready to talk, right? Yeah, okay. They're going to want Ukraine to surrender the same time when Ukrainians are actually literally, like literally taking back ground that's theirs. Like what he should have said was, hey, look, I know we're getting our teeth kicked in. And this war is costing us billions of dollars and it's killing our economy. So please help us out with this mess we've created. We really, we just, we're, we're sorry. We really are. So, hey, world, we're sorry. Like Russia has nothing to gain here. I'm so, I'm so it's hard for me to not laugh through this, but Russia has literally nothing to gain here. They have everything to lose because when the war ends, they're literally going to be paying like, <laughs> they're going to be paying for the next century to rebuild Ukraine and will be cut off from the entire world's financial system for how long? Like, you know, it is kind of, it's funny when you, when you think about it like that, like it's, it's horrendous what they're doing inside of Ukraine, but you look at it from the Russian standpoint, they're like, oh no, we're ready to talk. Oh, you're ready to talk. Okay. So you realize you're going to have to rebuild the entire country if you lose this war, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't want that. Yeah, we, we don't want that. I was watching some stuff from Russian state TV. I didn't, I didn't share it with you guys, but they were literally talking about how they need to take Ukrainian language out of schools. So now on the, the held like Donetsk area, like all the areas they've, they've held onto, they're like, why are we teaching these, these kids Russian? It's, it's Nazism at its finest. It's, it's the goofiest stuff ever. And I, and I didn't even put it in this episode because it's so weird. But So the next big thing, it's going to make you laugh, I promise. Okay. It's the first thing I've watched where I legitimately started laughing almost in tears while I was listening to it. Like it's our favorite mouthpiece from the... <laughs> from Russian state TV talking about Russian concentration camps or labor camps or whatever you want to call them and why they're a good советских лагерях ты назывался кто ты и какая у тебя статья ты был индивидуален в немецких концлагерях у тебя не было личности советский лагерь ставил задачу перевоспитать как бы не понимали немецкий концлагерь Европейский концлагерь ставил задачу уничтожить тебя сначала как личность, а потом разобрать на составляющие. Когда сейчас наследники нацистской идеи в Европе говорят о нас как о борках, говорят о нас как о гражданах России, все, которые должны ответить, они идут этим путем, они не видят в нас личности. Они не видят в нас людей. Now, I'm going to stop him there and say most of the people inside the world have a hard time understanding what the point of the war inside of Ukraine is. And, and see, most people actually see Russia as the bully here. And for some reason, he's claiming that all the people in Europe are Nazi descendants. Don't really understand that. That means that the, the Nazis had to fornicate with a lot of people to make a bunch of descendants. But I don't think that happened. Like, how much longer can this idea actually go on there? Are they living in this alternate universe where everyone else on planet is, is Nazis and, and so on and so forth? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Расчеловечивание. Отказ нам вправе быть собой. Вот это принципиальное отличие нас от них. Зараженные нацизмом Украина не видят нас людей. Для них мы орки, расисты. А мы-то их все равно жалеем. Мы их считаем все равно нашими, но заблудшими. Со свинченной головой. Мы ненавидим грех, но не грешника. Поэтому мы и победим. Потому что мы людей видим. Мы за душу боремся. All right. Well, if you guys thought that inside of Ukraine, if you're fighting, if you're listening to this and you're fighting, which I know there's some of you guys who are, 
I just want to let you guys know, all you guys and gals that are inside of Ukraine right now, listening to this, just, just so you are aware, if you're fighting against the Russian invasion, don't you worry. They're there to fight. Yes, fight for your very soul. So now they're playing God as well. What a time to be alive. So this was actually developed by top cybersecurity specialists and IT engineers in 2019. Atlas VPN was actually created to make the internet accessible and secure for everybody. Currently, they have 6 million users worldwide. Like, this is the best VPN deal in the market. You guys can enjoy the most affordable online protection for just $1.83 a month with three months free. Yes, three months free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Unlock your favorite content from all over the world. You can't ask friends from other legendary shows on Netflix, which we've had this problem when I've been traveling, like in, literally in Belgium. I had to make myself in the United States to watch certain shows. That's not a problem anymore. Atlas VPN has you covered. Stop ads and malware. Atlas VPN also blocks all malicious links, ads, and trackers, and notifies you when someone is trying to steal your data. Save some coins while shopping online as well. Get the best deals. Literally, Netflix, Spotify, airlines, hotels, whatever it is. Protect unlimited devices also with one subscription. Yes, Atlas VPN protects all your devices with one subscription. So right now, Atlas VPN is running a huge discount. It means you can get a three-year subscription for just $1.83 a month with three months for free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Right now, go to the top of the description. Yes, that is right. The very top. Click the link. And it'll take you there and go to Atlas. They're running a huge discount. It means you get a three-year subscription for just $1.83 a month for three months free. Yes, with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That is literally a cup of coffee a month. Do it. Why wouldn't you want to keep your family safe for a cup of coffee a month? All right. It's that simple. Get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth. Link to the very top of the description. Support the companies that support this channel. All right. So I also love the idea that is going on in the uh, average mind of the Russian, that is. Uh, you know, we want to know what's going on with the Russian soldier on the ground in the side of Ukraine. And I'm, I'm glad we have the opportunity to hear these intercepted phone calls. So without further ado... Let's go ahead and listen to this recently acquired one. Самое главное, что ты не на передке, не там, где сейчас это. Нет, нас же отпустили, вот кто увольняется, уже пришли, заменили нас. Да. Заменили, да. Ну вот, вот это хорошо. Да, молодым вообще ни одежды, ни спальников, ничего, блядь. Ты представляешь, вот это, которые приехали? Да. Новобранцы, блядь. Они, наверное, сейчас в ахуе. Да, да, да. Они сейчас в ахуе. Они грязные вещи, кто взял старые, блядь. Стирает, одевает вот такие, блядь. Ну, как бомжи, нахуй. Ну, понятно. Оружие хоть дали им? Ну, автомат дали. Вот у них 76-го года, у них 78-го года. Вот такие автоматы. Одни кривые стреляют. Вот. У меня более-менее попал. Некоторых вообще, блядь, куда-то... Серьезное оружие не дают, а передок кидает. Танк так можно, блядь, гранатой и, блядь, автоматом танк можно, блядь, ебашить. Да никак, никак, братан. А что, братан, у батальона взвод противотанков нету туров? Вообще нету, только танки стоят чуть подальше, танки стоят и все. Они координаты дают, они туда не попадают, даже где танки хохлятские стоят. Like thinking you were the second most powerful army inside of the entire planet in the world. And you're throwing your newly acquired men to the front lines with weapons that were built back in the 1970s. 
Okay, 1970s, that was only, what, 50, 60 years ago? And what's worse than the fact that these men, these new men are arriving, who don't have the proper equipment for sustaining themselves throughout the entire winter. They don't have sleeping bags. They don't have, like, socks. Like, socks, of all things. People don't realize how important socks and good boots are in the wintertime. Your little tootsies down there, they get cold, you may have to chop them off. Guess what you can't do if you don't have toes? You can't walk. When your toes are in such so much like pain, because you get what you know what I mean? Boots and socks, important. Sleeping bag, pretty big. Now, no wonder the morale is so low inside of these units. Now, I was originally going to insert some more pieces from Russian State TV, but honestly, I'm tired of listening to them. They're just talking about the same thing over and over and over again. The world's full of Nazis. There's their rights. So let's let's just move on. That stuff does not matter. So most of the focus inside of the country is going to be down inside of Kyrgyzstan. Clearly, and this is uh, could be one of the biggest things to actually happen since the Russians decided to exfil from the northern part of the country a few months back. Now, the Kremlin cannot take another loss like the one they had in the northern part of the country and maintain good on the in their in their views of the civilian population. Now, the Russians have attempted a few small pushes coming out of the northern side of Kharkiv, moving south. But honestly, no real change in there, and they really shouldn't shock anybody because nothing has happened here in months. Now, we're going to slide a little bit south out of here. I'm going to tell you guys right now. Nothing's really happened, like when it comes outside of Izium, like no ground taken in or lost. There really was just one thing that happened. A Russian recon element had attempted to break through the Ukrainian lines at Donya, which again was just another probing attack for them to figure out a weak point. But there was no change whatsoever. They were repelled and had to retreat. Now, northeast portion of the country, nothing, nothing. But I am going to make one correction. I said a few episodes back. So nothing to change here in the northeastern side. We're going to slide down here. Bakhmut is one of the hot areas as well. I'm going to make one correction. I said a few episodes back, I, I think it was, uh, that there was a town of Kodoma. Now, Kodoma itself has a lot of Wagner group inside of here. Now, I told you guys there was a chance that the town had fallen to the Russians, but it isn't confirmed, or it wasn't confirmed at the time, and now it's confirmed it's still under Ukrainian control. So I just want to make that note. I actually hadn't even changed it on my mapping. Whoops. I had to change on my mapping because I wasn't fully, like, convinced. So this is the area I'm talking about, Kodama right there. Now, I really cannot confirm if they mounted some offensive push to regain control or if the Russians were spread so thin or possibly I was just incorrect. I have no idea. But when it comes to, to ground taken, there is no change around Bakhmut itself. And it's still house-to-house fighting around Solidar. Okay, no change. Now, the infamous Chechnyans are trying to take, yes, they're trying to take Zaitsev from the Ukrainians. I would like to uh, assume they're not going to be making as many TikTok videos as they did in Liz Chance because that didn't pan out too well for them last time. I, I haven't actually seen any, any TikTok videos come out from the Chechnyans since the Liz Chance. Uh, well, if you guys haven't seen those bit videos from them, they posted some and then all of a sudden they were no more. Just going to throw that out there. So we're going to shift out of Bakhmut, Southern and uh, move over to Avika area. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, the Ukrainians have been holding up the Russian offensive that's been going on inside of our area fairly well. And, and I want to say that they've actually been not losing any ground, and they've taken back a small chunk with a, an offensive. So this was actually done in the area just west of Pisky itself. It's been heavily contested over the last two weeks. The Russians have also not been able to regain the control of the area just north of Pisky, which they had lost about, I think it was roughly six or seven days ago. Other than that, the line has not changed. There's still heavy fighting going along this entire front. No change uh, other than the fact that the Ukrainians took back everything or a little bit of chunk outside of Pisky. So we're going to move over to Kyrgyzstan. 
Now what's going inside of Kirsten itself is probably the biggest thing that happened over the last couple of months. And just so everyone is aware, Ukrainian officials have stated that the ongoing offensive, the counteroffensive that is, that is taking place right now is a, is a methodical operation to degrade Russian forces and logistics rather than one aim to recapture the land immediately surrounding and large chunks of land that is. Like you can see this two different ways, which would be depending on what side you are. One, you're looking at it. They don't want to admit that they're actually failing. That's one way to look at it. Or the other way, like the way that it probably, the way I, I think is more like the course of action, is the fact they're actually filling in for the same, like doing the same thing they've been doing over the last couple of weeks. Like just think about it. The past three weeks or so inside this area, they're just expanding on the same model they've been going. I personally believe that's what they're doing. Okay. that This is the same strategy that has been extremely successful over the last couple weeks, just hitting supply routes, hitting them. They know what's coming. Winter's coming. Take out all the supplies. You cannot sit inside of an area if you don't have beans, bullets, and heat, or just the things that keep your men alive. So just go after them. That's what they're doing. Now the Ukrainian military has secured the area around Petrovica, all this area south, so on the northern front of the Kyrgyzstan, I guess you would say the Kyrgyzstan front line, the most northern area. This whole area is the, the, the area that's most contested as of right now. And we actually have proof. They've liberated the town of Vi, uh, Viso, Kasapia, Kasapia. So this image you guys are seeing, this is, this is where it's from. The Ukrainians going on top of the roofs, raising the Ukrainian flag in an area that was just recently held by the, uh, the Russians. And just south of this area is Nova Kokosha, which is one of the areas we know that they've been hitting very, very hard. And we, we talk about this a ton in the past. And the past few days, that is, about the fact that the Ukrainians have actually been targeting the bridge there relentlessly. So as of yesterday, the entire bridge has collapsed, literally collapsed. And this isn't going to be used here in the near future, clearly. Now, the other thing to take note of here is, 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 is the fact that the fresh water that flows into Crimea is coming out of the hydroelectric dam that is in Nova Kokosha, so just south of here. So here's Nova Kokosha right here. This is the area we're talking about. So if you follow the water that comes out of here, Crimea is, is right now suffering from the lack of water in two of the major cities right now. And Crimea is already having to enforce, like, people aren't allowed to use their taps for a couple hours a day. I am not suggesting that the Ukrainians are going to target this water source. I don't see them doing that because they see Crimea as theirs. But sincerely, what would happen if these water supply lines were shut off and this, like, to the, like, what would happen? What would the civilian population inside of this part of the country do? Like, this right here should actually make Russia just a tad bit worried because, yes, Crimea is, quote-unquote, Russian-held areas of right now. We know it is. But what happens if the Ukrainians are able to actually literally shut off the water supply for the entire portion of that, that region? I don't want to call it a country, but the region. Now, the Ukrainian military is also claiming they have shot down a Russian Su-25 ground attack aircraft, a fighter jet, uh, just north of Kirsten proper, which would be the first time I've actually seen this happen in God knows how long. So that is kind of a big deal. I have also seen the Russian defensive positions that have been set up around Kirsten Airport. So if you shift all the way down here to where it's Kirsten, so here's the airport right here. On the outer edge of this, this airport, there's satellite imagery. You can see every single one. If you wanted to go type it into Google right now, you can go literally look at everything. Like to me, it's insane as a civilian. I'm able to find these images and locate them with, with GPS coordinates. It's, it's like, imagine being a Russian knowing that your enemy has the equipment they have right now and they have the exact grid coordinates where you're at. 
Like the last piece I want to show you guys is actually from the Ukrainian soldiers from the 128th Mountain Brigade down in and around Kirsten who have actually pushed the Russians out and they wanted to share with the world what their positions look like. Well, I hope you guys did enjoy this episode over here today. I'll catch you guys with another one tomorrow. Another, you know what's going to come out tomorrow? Hey, another interview. I do love you guys. I'm out.